Come have a seat in the skull circle, and hear the tale of the spirit of the buried man, as told by Kizimir. Before we begin our tale, did you know that we release new stories for free every week on Wednesdays? Be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out when we release free bonus stories other days of the week. Never forget, visit theskullcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current happenings. And also to visit our story archive, sorted by origin and region. And special thanks to The Last Family and Cat for their support. It means the world to us. Now then, this begins the tale of the spirit of the buried man. A poor scholar was going about by the highway into a town and found under the walls of the gate the body of a dead man, unburied, trodden by the feet of passers-by. He had not much in his purse, but willingly gave enough to bury him, that he might not be spat upon and have sticks thrown at him. He performed his devotions over the fresh heaped-up grave and went on into the world to wander. In an oak wood, sleep overpowered him, and when he awoke, he espied a wonderment, a bag full of gold. He thanked the unseen beneficent hand and went to the bank of a large river where it was necessary to be ferried over. The two ferrymen, observing the bag full of gold, took him into the boat and just at an eddy took from him the gold and threw him into the water. As the waves carried him away insensibly, he by accident clutched a plank and by its aid floated successfully to the shore. It was not a plank, but the spirit of the buried man, who addressed him in these words. You honored my remains by burial. I thank you for it. In token of gratitude, I will teach you how you can transform yourself into a crow, into a hare, and into a deer. Then he taught him the spell. The scholar, when acquainted with the spell, could easily transform himself into a crow, into a hare, and into a deer. He wandered far, he wandered wide, till he wandered to the court of a mighty king, where he remained as an archer in attendance at the court. This king had a beautiful daughter, but she dwelt on an inaccessible island, surrounded on all sides by the sea. She dwelt in a castle of copper and possessed a sword such that he who brandished it could conquer the largest army. Enemies had invaded the territory of the king. He needed and desired the victorious sword. But how to obtain it, when nobody had up to that time succeeded in getting on to that lonely island? He therefore made proclamation that whoever should bring the victorious sword from the princess should obtain her hand, and moreover, should sit upon the throne after him. No one was venturesome enough to attempt it, till the wandering scholar, then an archer attached to the court, stood before the king announcing his readiness to go and requesting a letter, that on receipt of that token the princess might give up to him the weapon. All the men were astonished, and the king entrusted him with a letter to his daughter. He went into the forest without knowing in the least that another archer attached to the court was dogging his steps. He transformed himself into a hare, then into a deer, and darted off with all haste and speed. He traversed no small distance till he stood at the shore of the sea. Then he transformed himself into a crow, flew across the water of the sea and didn't rest till he was on the island. He went into the castle of copper, delivered to the beautiful princess the letter from her father and requested her to give him the victorious sword. The beautiful princess looked at the archer. 
he captured her heart at once. She asked inquisitively how he had been able to get to her castle, which was on all sides surrounded by water, and knew no human footsteps. Thereupon the archer replied that he knew secret spells by which he could transform himself into a deer, a hare, and a crow. The beautiful princess therefore requested the archer to transform himself into a deer before her eyes. When he made himself into a graceful deer and began to fawn and bound, the princess secretly pulled a tuft of fur from his back. When he transformed again into a hare and bounded with pricked-up ears, the princess secretly pulled a little fur off of his back. When he transformed himself into a crow and began to fly about the room, the princess secretly pulled a few feathers from the bird's wings. She immediately wrote a letter to her father and delivered up the victorious sword. The young scholar flew across the sea in the form of a crow, then ran a great distance in that of a deer, till in the neighborhood of the wood he bounded as a hare. The treacherous archer was already there in ambush, and saw when he transformed himself into a hare, and recognized him at once. He drew his bow, let the arrow fly, and killed the hare. He took from him the letter and carried off the sword, and went to the castle, and delivered to the king the letter and the sword of victory and demanded at once the fulfillment of the promise that had been made. The king, transported with joy, promised him immediately his daughter's hand, mounted his horse, and rode boldly against his enemies with the sword. Scarcely had he espied their standards when he brandished the sword mightily seven times, and towards the four quarters of the world. When he brandished the sword mightily several times, and that towards the four quarters of the world, At every wave of the sword, large masses of enemies fell dead at the spot, and others seized with panic and fled like hares. The king returned joyful with victory and sent for his beautiful daughter to give her to wife to the archer who brought the sword. A banquet was prepared, the musicians already striking up, the whole castle was brilliantly lighted. But the princess sat sorrowful beside the assassin archer. She knew at once that he was in no way the man whom she saw in the castle on the island, but she dared not ask her father where the other handsome archer was. She only wept much, and secretly her heart beat for another. The poor scholar in the hare's skin lay slain under the oak, lay there for a whole year, till one night he felt himself awakened from a mighty sleep, and before him stood the well-known spirit whose body he had buried. He told him what had happened to him, brought him back to life, and said, Tomorrow is the princess's wedding. Hasten, therefore, to the castle without a moment's delay. She will recognize you. The archer, too, who killed you treacherously, will recognize you. The young man sprang up promptly, went to the castle with throbbing heart, and entered the grand salon, where numerous guests were eating and drinking. The beautiful princess recognized him at once, shrieked with joy and fainted, and the assassin archer, the moment he set eyes on him, turned pale and green from fear. The young man related the treason and murderous act of the archer, and in order to prove his words, turned himself in the presence of all the assembled company into a graceful deer and began to fawn upon the princess. She placed the tuft of fur pulled off of him in the castle onto the back of the deer, and the fur immediately grew back into its place. Again, he transformed himself into a hare, and similarly, the pieces of fur pulled off which the princess had kept grew into its place immediately on contact. All looked on in astonishment till the young man changed himself into a crow. The princess brought out the feathers which she had pulled from its wings in the castle 
and the feathers immediately grew into their places. The old king then commanded the assassin archer to be put to death. Four horses were led out, all wild and unbroken. He was bound to them by his hands and feet, and the horses were started off by the whip. And at once bound, they tore the assassin archer to pieces. The young man obtained the hand of the young and charming princess. The whole castle was in a brilliant blaze of light. They drank, they ate with mirth, and the princess did not weep, for she possessed the husband that she wished for. And that is the tale of the spirit of the buried man. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, please take a look at our pain free page to learn how you can earn great rewards while also supporting us. We appreciate even the smallest of contributions, as they allow us to continue to release new stories every week for free on Wednesdays, and also to provide bonus stories for your listening pleasure. Visit us at thescaldcircle.com to view our story archive, sorted by origin and region, and to stay up to date with all of our current developments. Once again, thank you for listening to our story.